Hello and welcome to the Climate Blue Podcast post-match reaction. Me and Matt are recording this at half 11 on Thursday evening. We've literally just got back from Villa Park. But this video won't come out until Friday morning. So happy Friday, everyone listening or watching. How are you? You okay? I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I felt a bit cold on the way home, you know. And I'm oh, done start with, start with the moan, but I never felt the cold inside the stadium. But as soon as I walked home, it was, uh, it was a bit nippy. But uh, at least I walked home to celebrate in a victory that I wasn't sure was going to come. Unai's men always find a way, don't they? Or pretty much always. I've only just got, like I said, I walked through the door about 10 or 15 minutes ago. I have watched the replay back of the goal that was disallowed because I saw there was okay. a bit of post-match. I've heard a couple of players, read quotes from a couple of players saying that they've, they've apologised because mm-hmm. VAR got it wrong. Almost as if, oh, well, we got it wrong. Sorry about that. I, I don't know what it looked like to you, Dan, in the in the stadium, but I thought it was a glaring miss from Watkins. I didn't realise that the defender on the line had headed it clear. My understanding of it at the time was I assumed that Bailey was offside having it gone back to the corner take. I assume that's what the what the decision was over. That's what I thought anyway. I've not seen it back. Is that the case? I think, or was that, it? I think that's what that was that's what the, the decision was based on. But right, okay. the man on the line heads it clear, you know, actively mm. plays the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Therefore, Bailey shouldn't be on um, offside. But um, all's well that ends well anyway. Well, thankfully, yeah. I mean, that would have been the talking point, wouldn't it, if, if that had meant anything. But, I mean, it does alter the complexion of the game because up until, what, the... I mean, obviously, we go 1-0 down, we score at the 65th minute or something like that. But if we go 1-0 up in two and a half minutes, that's what we needed to kind of settle any nervousness. And I think if we'd have had that early goal, we'd have gone on and seen a, a bit more of a... A comprehensive victory or a few more highlights at least. Anyway, I don't think the highlights package for, for the first half in particular will, will have many things in it. But that, that did change the complexion of the game, what it could have, could have done. So it's okay for them to come out and say, oh, we've made a mistake, we're sorry, when we've won, and it doesn't really matter. Had we not won, kind of blase, oh, well, we're sorry about that. Wouldn't have gone down well, would it? Yeah, it would have been a much a much different different encounter if that get that goal. And it's funny you'd say about the, half, the, the, the first half highlights. I think that's what the... They put them on the board, didn't they? I, I don't oh, know if you, you they? they put them on the screen because there wasn't any other half time. I don't know why, but my conversation always takes me back to half time entertainment. Uh, maybe I should just turn up for the 15 minutes in the middle and forget the 45 <laughs> either side. But they played the highlights on the big screen at half time. Well, that's what they that's what they um, said they were going to do. It lasted for about they didn't play the goal or the disallowed goal. So it lasted for about 35 seconds. And then they just put some <laughs> tweets from people who had obviously copied the, the club into hashtags and stuff like that. But um, I think if that goal would have gone in, you know, kind of out more, like like most most clubs in this competition, when, when they come to Villa Park, I think we'll try and kind of bottle it up and, and, and spring us on the break. They'd mm. have had to come out and, and play and that would have opened them up and I'd, I'd have backed us to, to go on and win it comfortably. Yeah. Um, I think the the frustrating thing about that as well. I thought it was a lovely a lovely tribute the the torchlights for Charlie Aitken, but the VAR decision came through, didn't it? Oh, Halfway no, through yeah. that, so you think you've got this beautiful moment that Villa Park lit up with us and we've got our mobile phone torches on, and then you know, kind of I don't know, forty. 40 seconds into the minute, we're like, oh, God, we're all crestfallen because we VAR stitched us up. But uh, I thought it was a nice moment, even, even so, to, to pay tribute yes. to Charlie. 
Yeah, I was going to say that I thought the tribute was excellent. I don't know whether the flag or the banner was a Project B6 thing or a club thing, but I thought that was a really nice touch as well. I couldn't quite read it from where I was, but I think it was 660 record appearance maker or something like that, record holder yeah. and his name and a, and a nice a nice photo of him. And then the, the th- three-minute thing, I think that was a Project B6 organised, the, the, yeah. the torch light thing. I thought that looked, looked really good. Can I say something stupid about the VAR thing? Go on. Uh, I don't even know why I'm admitting to this because it makes me look a fool. Obviously, all the all like the big screen announcements and things are read out, in, obviously in English and Dutch tonight, or whatever country, whatever language the Mostar fans speak. We worked this out before, wasn't it? Was it Slovenian or something? Oh, I don't know. I'm digging myself a foreign. Wasn't it? Was it foreign or Europe, European or something? They speak. Yeah, they speak European, don't they over there? Anyway, it's read out in both, and it comes up with text on both. And I knew that for like the warning signs for like there's balls flying around or we're separating the away fans in the Witten Lane that was read out about a hundred times like things like that I understood it for what I forgot was that it does it for VAR as well so it's got like VAR in the middle and then it's got a goal check and something else underneath because I didn't quite know what the decision was given for I knew it was related to an offside the the Pau Torres one uh, not Pau Torres uh, Clement Longley I was just I wasn't really aware of what was going on except I knew it was for an offside so I'd seen like VAR check and then the Dutch underneath it. And rather than just work out that it said VAR check in Dutch, I was thinking, who's that player that they're talking about? And that's who the check was on. Well, I, I tried to take a photo of it, not for that one, but their goal. No, was it? Yeah, their goal had a check as well, didn't it? And I, thought, I said, what is that word? It was like kind of onkendoodle or something like that. I thought, what a. <laughs> Mate, let's make VAR fun. Let's do it all in Dutch. Uh, eight minutes into this recording so far, how much of it has actually made the edit? Who knows? Maybe we should have done this live after all. Let's talk about the game a little bit, what we're here for and what we should be talking about. Um, let's talk about the lineup first of all. Pretty strong. I'd say that is probably our Europa Conference League team that we see Carlos and Longley play together as a pairing. You've got Tielemans comes in for Louise. They're pretty standard rotation out. That's the cup team, if you like, at the moment until we obviously progress to the last stages and I would like it to be the first 11 in, in every game. Uh, what did you make of the side? I think the crucial thing is that he's deciding that Martinez needs to play mm. in these games because teams will, even if they sit in, they will have a chance for a couple of chances on the break. And I think having our number one goalkeeper... Um, when our number two goalkeeper is not not at the same level, but how how can you be at the same level as a, as our kind of World Cup winning Ballon d'Or best goalkeeper in the world? As I think I think we, we we were allowed to call him. So I think that's that's a crucial one anyway. I actually thought, in terms of what I've seen at Villa Park, I thought Tielemans that was one of the better performances that I've seen from him mm. tonight. I thought he was trying to be on the front front foot, trying to be you know just get about a little bit more than, than we've seen from him. Um, you know, he still doesn't possess the class that Douglas Louise does. And we can, we will get to that. I'm sure, sure in good time, but I thought Tielemans was, was decent. I like Carlos. I think, you know, I, I do like a physical center half in there and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and as much as Conza and, and Torres, you know, I think have, have formed formed a good partnership. I, I do like a kind of bruising centre half, and I think we've lost a little bit of physicality with Mings not being in there. I, I thought Longley did okay, and um, having seen the replays, I'm disappointed that his first goal was was for Villa was, mm. was chalked off. Um, yeah, but I do I do think, particularly in the second half, when they had to get a little bit braver, I think because they they really needed to to win the game. I thought that that kind of I don't know that inside 
inside left channel that we're defending with with Digne and um, I call, do I call him Digne? Do I call him Dean? I don't know. I can't. Let's not Dean. get back. Let's not get into pronunciations at this time of night. <laughs> um, pronunciations, pronunciations. Anyway, I thought that area. I thought they targeted that with that ball over the top um, into that channel. I thought. I thought. They almost exposed that as a little slight ch- kind of chink in our armour mm. between um, between Luca Dean and, and Longley there, but I'm probably being probably being a little bit hypercritical. Really, there were a couple of times when obviously they scored the goal that way, and there were a couple of times when they did they did cause us a couple of problems there. But yeah, I think you know I've, I've moaned before about the support cast and whether they're they're good enough. I still think it's going to be a big test for this squad to try and carry us through the entire season. You know, if we've got ambitions on winning winning this cup and trying to really make a challenge for Champions League football and, you know, perhaps have a, have a crack at the FA Cup as well. I, I think this squad could be stretched, but I think in terms of tonight, although it was a, it was a bit of a kind of, it took a while to come to the boil. I thought, mm. thought the, the, the fringe players came in and did a reasonable job or, or an effective job tonight. Yeah, agreed. And AZ were much better than they were in the away fixture, which is probably not what people were expecting. I think you could flip the score lines around and expect a more cagey affair away from home and to be more dominant for Villa at Villa Park. But that wasn't the case at all. And it, we've said before, it's a, with a bit of a strange dynamic when you play the same opponent so soon after each other, when you play a league game and then the same the same team in a cup fixture yeah. a week later or something. I think one of the players said in the quotes after that you kind of have got time to reassess things because they kind of study you twice in, in quick succession. Yeah. So AZ were, were much better than I anticipated. And I thought they fed off their their fans pretty well, who were pretty much doing everything they could to to kind of um, cheer their team on and, and get them over the line. But thankfully, it wasn't enough in the end. Let's do unsung man of the match very quickly because I don't think there's many major standout players and I want to go first in fact because I want to try and bagsy somebody before um, before you do before he scored I was fully prepared to come on and give it to Diego Carlos who I thought was very good and for somebody who's had the injury that he's had to slot back in and play well pretty consistently when he's only playing you know, once every three weeks or whatever it is I thought he looked pretty assured good, good physicality as you mentioned good range of passing as well when it, when he has to. And I thought him and Longo have, have built up a pretty good partnership in the games they've played together. But because Carlos scored, that elevates his actual man of the match. So I can't really give him an unsung man of the match when he's you know kind of um, starts the, the turnaround. So I'm going to give it to Martinez. Unsung man of the match, best goalkeeper in the world. It doesn't sound quite right. Um, but I thought he was... I know he's obviously conceded, but I thought he was excellent in the kind of sweeper-keeper role that he was having to do. We saw in the away game at AZ of him just like standing on the ball and, and waiting for the press from them. It's kind of similar to this evening of like, if you look at his heat map, he probably looks like a third centre-back. Like he was coming so far into that back line between um, Longley and Carlos and just like pinging balls around. Obviously, the high line is key that if there, if there is a ball that gets through and they beat the trap, he's out there like a, like a shot to get to it. And I know he's conceded, but overall, I thought he allowed us to to play the way we want to play, and that's why he's so key to us. So, yes, we all know how good he is, but because he's, yeah, if he'd have kept a clean sheet or, or whatever, he probably would have been elevated more. So, unsung man of the match, the best goalkeeper in the world, if if that counts. Yeah, I've never really seen a keeper, or certainly a Villa keeper before, who kind of almost drops his shoulder, doesn't he, and kind of yeah. he tries to entice the centre forward yeah, onto yeah. him, and. He's not phased at all. I don't know which one would be the unsung and which one would be the man of the match, but my, my three would probably be tonight. Probably would be 
a, a mixture of Konza, Carlos, and Tillemans. To be honest, mm. I thought I thought McGinn was a little bit not quite at it, his usual self. To be honest, uh, Diaby and Bailey blew hot and cold. Obviously, Watkins kind of worked hard and, and got the goal eventually. But um, Konza's my unsung man of the match, and I'd give it. Tielemans or Carlos being, being as we've spoken about the the fringe players stepping up. Mm. What did you think of the atmosphere tonight? Because I thought I thought there was quite a lot of chanting and quite a lot of singing. Um, yeah, it, it was a bit of a slow burner to get going. Yeah. I thought I thought the the whole end and the North Stand to be fair did their bit to to try and get it going. And obviously they were having a bit of a party or trying to have one, weren't they? Um, in the away end. Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty good. Um, Gary Thompson on the on the way back. On the way back, as opposed to the car with him, he's on the radio in the car on the way back, saying how like how the Villa Park crowd helped get them over the line. And I know that's a bit of a cliche, but I think there the probably is a, a bit of element, an element of truth in that, particularly when we scored. Uh, the I know the Diego Carlos chant is very like say boring, just because it's one word, but it's pretty good. It sounds good, doesn't it? When the when the whole stadium singing it after you know this big bruising centre backs just scored a header off a set piece. Oh, that's, Proper football, that look, oh, that's nice. Uh, so I thought the crowd was pretty good and, and probably did help us get over the line. We've talked about the atmosphere a million times, haven't we? Sometimes it's not as, as not as good as it should be. And other times you come away thinking, you know what, that was pretty decent. But I don't think there's too many times I've come away and thought, oh, that was amazing. Like, I was spine tingling good. And that's probably a little bit of a worry. But in those big games, when you need it to be that, Villa Park does do that. It just probably needs to be a bit more consistent with it. Yeah, I think I think we'll get that. I think you know yeah. the, the dark the dark nights are coming. We've got kind of Arsenal and Manchester City mm. going to Villa Park soon. I think haven't we on the horizon? Games where we Legend of Warsaw in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's yeah, massive. Well, yeah. I mean that, that group's that group's kind of bubbling along nicely now, isn't it? So I think I think it will come. But I think Villa Park. I think like like the team. I think the fans did did enough did enough to, yeah. tonight to, to get the result that, that we wanted and we needed and that I think we probably ultimately deserved. He looked he was buzzing when he when he scored Carlos. You know, I don't yeah. know whether you saw his little celebration or something. Was he standing on one leg or something at some yeah, stage? Yeah, yeah. Put his leg up doing like a like a yoga pose or something. Uh well I didn't enjoy I didn't, I didn't quite see what it was, but it, I'm very hopeful it's nothing. I know he's obviously only playing in dribs and drabs anyway, but for just for his sake, I'm hopeful that it's not anything too serious. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't in the ground. Well, I was in the ground in time for that, but I wasn't in the ground in time. I think Ron Villar was paraded, wasn't he? Yeah, was, was yeah, there. Yeah. You just hope that he doesn't become another kind of Ron Villar, this big, strong kind of strapping centre-half who mm. becomes injury-prone. But I think I think Villar was injury prone before he joined us. Well, I think Carlos had a pretty decent record, didn't yeah, he? From what, what I understand, before he joined us, barely so. got injured before he joined Villar. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it, it's minor, and and you know the fact that that Emery could could make those changes, he didn't need to kind of risk aggravating whatever the knock was. But um, mm. yeah, I, I'd like to see when I say I'd like to see him get a run in the team. I think for his own sake, really, not that not at the expense of saying that anybody should be dropped to accommodate him. But I'd like to see what he's capable of. Kind of, you know, a dozen games, you know, forming a partnership with someone there. So I hope he, I've not heard anything post match, but I hope it's nothing, nothing too serious. When we do these, if we have more time, we usually jump on five or ten minutes before and we have a bit of a chat. Not in terms of not planning it, but we say, oh, we'll talk about this and we'll talk about that. Not if anyone thinks this show is planned, <laughs> you're vastly mistaken. Uh, but every so often, I will text you something either during a game, either watching it on TV or in the stadium, and just to remind myself for later. I texted you midway through or early on in the game, in fact, probably football pet peeves remind me to mention it later and i've just seen it on our whatsapp so let's talk about it very quickly i I thought the the pet peeves was the dog thing i thought it was the dog thing it sparked you into 
No, the dog thing is separate. We'll do that in a second. I know, I, again, this is the post-match reaction. We go off on on tangents. We've done our 20-minute recording anyway, so let's wrap up as soon as we can with this nonsense. There'll be other shows for us to talk about um, things in more detail. Where's John Townley when you need him? Football pet peeves is something I wanted to bring up to ask you what yours is and reach out to the comments as well to kind of have a wider conversation about something non-football related a little bit. Football pet peeves for me, the thing that sparked this is kind of gloves in general but players that wear gloves and short sleeves because if you're like cold enough that you want gloves surely you're cold enough for long sleeves as well i don't know whether i'm with you on that though because your fingers are your extremities aren't they it's harder to i don't think all my my lower arms are cold (laughs) but i think christ my fingers are cold no but it's a footballer running around for 90 minutes are you cold anyway i don't footballers footballers wearing gloves is another thing i don't think footballers should I'll, I'll, I'll allow goalkeepers, but I don't yeah. think footballers should wear gloves. But just don't wear them. I'm, I'm not. I'm not so worried about the short sleeve shirt kind of mixed element with yeah. it. But, uh, so I just think if they're wearing gloves and they're also wearing long sleeve, I think oh, fair enough. Like you are, it must be really cold. At least you've got short sleeves on. Get on with it. You don't need gloves as well. Diego Carlos, big strapping lad. It's about what seven degrees or something. You need gloves. It's not that bad, is it? Well, who 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 had them then? Did did, did Clement Longsleeves have them or not? Or uh... <laughs> good. Have you got a football pet peeve? Anything else you can think well, of? Well, because it was it wasn't a, a Premier League game, and people had to get set extra tickets, even if you've got season tickets and all this kind of thing. There's this fella, and uh, I'm not sure whether he's a he's a he's a, he's a regular viewer, but he, he won't he won't tune in after this. He was he's never sat behind us before. But he was so annoying. So a pet peeve is somebody who thinks they've got to commentate on every single oh, aspect yeah. of the game relentlessly, and they think they're funny, and they mm. they just keep repeating it. Honestly, Dan, he was so annoying. Um, because I sit with my son and his mate, and then my dad and and my nephew sit in the row behind, and mm-hmm. the bloke was sitting right next to my dad. And my dad is so polite, he's the loveliest, friendliest man that he felt obliged to engage with this bloke. But it was like he'd never it was like he'd never watched Villa before because he was complaining mm. about the slow methodical build up. You're thinking, you do know this normally ends well for us, this slow yeah, methodical build up. I was gonna mention that, that not specifically like in the seats next to me, but like in my general area, I noticed there was people who would regularly sit there as season ticket holders who weren't there. And there was the similar kind of moans and groans of like, come on, quicker, get it forward and that kind of thing. And I'm thinking, have you watched Villa not last year? Like this is what we do. When Villa are winning, that slow methodical build up is kinda of like, Oh, this is good, isn't it? Like sit back and relax. Like this is all pretty good going. When you're losing, it's like, where's the urgency? But you play the way you play because you're going to get in the right positions. Me and my dad were literally talking about it during the game. The clock is ticking down. Like, do we need to go direct or whatever? And all of a sudden, we play a few passes and we've scored. It's like, oh, okay. We both understand why. But you, when you see it play out in front of your eyes, it's like, oh, that's why we play the way we do because eventually the chances tend to come. Conter had been substituted 10 minutes earlier and then Carlos went down in the box. But he thought, he thought that was Conter. And he was saying, come on. Come on, Conter. Come on, Conter, lad. Get back up. Get back up. We can't afford for you to be injured. And it was like, I mean, you, you're, you're, how old's your, your lad now? About eight months, ten months? No, uh, nine. Nine months. So when he becomes a toddler in the next kind of 12 months or, or 24 months or whatever, you'll probably start talking him through, you know, you'll go on, go and get your plate, go, you know, go and, go and, go and put the, you know, go and get your pajamas on, go and do this. It was every single bit. Of this game, and I, I can all, I, 
I can see, I can feel myself. I think he's going to invade my dreams tonight and just kind of <laughs> keep. Oh, honestly, mate, so I didn't, I didn't have a pet pre prepared. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Pet prepared, but people who think that I've got to got to commentate on every last mm. aspect of the game. So yeah, it did me in. Really, yeah, did that's a good, that's a good one, and we'll open that conversation up to the comments. If you've got a football pet peeve, let us know down below, and we'll discuss them on next week's Monday show. And I'll ask John the same question as well. I love how we didn't have anything prepared for that, and that took almost ten minutes to record <laughs> in section B. Uh, so very quickly, I also sent you a tweet that AVFC Stato posted, but so many other people did. I'm, I assume this has gone viral on Twitter. It was shown on the big screens for those of us in the stadium as well. I don't know whether you caught that. But it was also see, captured yeah. on, on on TV on on uh, TNT Sport. It was a guy sat. I assume it was a guy sat in Villa Park with a what looked like a pug, like helmet on, that like mask thing, like it was a full headpiece. It wasn't just like a front a pug helmet. Wow. <laughs> I'm not. Helmet. Imagine wait. How'd you buy? I'm not going to Google that. No, 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 don't do not do that. If there's any typos in that as well, you could find all sorts of things. I don't know if, whether you saw it as well as I did or whether I was imagining it, but it looked like the mouth moved as well. It, well, it, it was like the fella or the person inside, or or the, 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 the dog. huge, massive person-sized <laughs> dog inside it. But it was on the screen for about a minute, I think. Yeah, so yeah, there was waving, the woman next to him was loving it. Yeah, and yeah. in the end, he was trying, I think he started doing some kind of weird, weird mouth thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's what I thought. Yeah, so utterly bizarre. We're going to talk about, and I think we've done this before for long-time viewers of the podcast, any Aston Villa dog puns? Can you think well, IVFC Stato started this, didn't he, by calling him Pug Ellis, didn't he, I think, on his Pug Ellis, oh, good, yeah, 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 Pug Ellis, nice. Pugless See, Louise. What, what part of the, I, what I couldn't understand was, what part of the ground was he in, do you know? No idea. I, th- I thought it was in K9. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> love that. Right, that's the end of the podcast, everyone, I don't think we're going to top that. Pugless Louise, I thought of, uh, on the way back, and uh, Collie Watkins, on board of Collie Watkins to keep it with current players. I'm sure we've done this before, though, like years ago when we were in the office together, you, me and Ash, for some oh, reason. I, have, I remember like Gabby Agbone Lahore and stuff like that. Um, oh, that's bad, isn't it? And Emil Husky. Yeah, that's good. I think I came up with that last time. Poor Torres. Poor Torres, yeah. yeah. Poor Torres. Um, K9 Davis. Yeah, not bad. I did have a quick Google on the way home of dog breeds, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't get much much inspiration, to be honest. I had like King Charles and Zogbier Cavalier Spaniel, but that was a bit. <laughs> that was definitely was a, a reach. It was a bit contrived. So anyway, we don't want to spoil it. Let 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 people just unleash, unleash, unleash. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I'm getting in the comments and see what see what they've got. I don't know about you, but this feels very much like the podcast we did at midnight in the office years ago for Deadline Day. And we, you, me, and Ash just slipped into, del- into deliriousness and just talking absolute waffle. We've not talked about the game barely at all in this podcast and we've been recording for half an hour, which is, we said was our limit. So we're going to have to call it a day there. I think me and John are doing a second episode tomorrow, a preview for Fulham on Sunday. And there's no doubt we'll talk about Altmar in more detail. But get involved in the comments with your thoughts on the game, your dog-related Aston Villa puns, and your football pet peeves as well. And we'll use those to discuss more nonsense in the future. Yeah, the only other thing I did want to mention was that moment of quality that won us the game from Douglas Louise. That that I've not watched it back. I can only, so I can only remember what I saw in the stadium. But that's the difference when you've got players with that bit of class. Uh, yeah. And as well as I thought Tielemans played tonight, I don't think he could have done that or I don't think he would have done that. In, he doesn't stop impressing me now, Douglas Louise. Yeah. I think he's took a while for us to really appreciate kind of the quality of him. But 
when he's not there, you notice, and when he is there, you notice as well, which is which is a good thing. Um, yeah, totally agree. Not not as much fun as Pugler still is, anyway. So. <laughs> and with that, we'll call it a day there. Matt, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks everyone for watching or listening to this podcast, and we'll see you again very soon. Yeah.